never prolific, but he was always more than that, just about his goals. You know, wasn't embarrassed with the ball at his feet. Very accomplished player. Maybe even a touch underrated. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're very welcome. So all eyes on the Aviva Stadium this Saturday. It is a 4.45 kickoff European Rugby's showpiece event and it is a case of uh, once again into the breach for Leinster for the third year in a row. If they are to win this competition, they will have to deal with Ronan O'Gara and La Rochelle. Lest they need reminding, 2021, La Rochelle 32, Leinster 23 in a semi-final in La Rochelle. And then last year, of course, the final in Marseille, it was La Rochelle 24, Leinster 21. So 2023 is upon us. The scene is set in Dublin in a final. This needs no selling. Uh, the weather, by the way, is set to be a touch cloudy, but there will be no rain. Very happy to say Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times here in studio. You're very welcome. Thank you very much, Joe. Good to see you. And Matt Williams with us as well. Good to talk to you, Matty. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. Good to see you, guys. Uh, Jerry, some weeks in life are just a bit more interesting than others. I can't get Matt. Oh, turn it up. Volume in. Yeah. Right, okay. We'll get you replaced in a second. Mm -hmm. I'll go again. Some weeks in life, a bit more interesting than others. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I mean, even last Saturday was very good. The best Leinster-Munster match in years, yet this is... And it was rightly described as the URC game of the season by a distance, by none other than John Barkley, but this is a step up again. We thought Leinster-Toulouse might be a brilliant match. In the end, it didn't come close to Ireland-France because Leinster were just too damn good and Toulouse didn't help themselves. But the more this match looms, it just seems like the ultimate test for Leinster, and particularly now losing last Saturday, to suddenly only have one shot at silverware left and the prospect of suddenly going two seasons in a row without silverware if they don't win has definitely heightened the pressure on them to deliver and get that fifth star. Otherwise, Stuart Lancaster, Johnny Sexton at all are going to ride off into the sunset with just one Heineken Cup in the last 11 years. And that's going to seem, as you've pointed out to me in this show before, like an underachievement. So the pressure's on, but, and it, but yet it's almost fitting that they've got La Rochelle. I think it's the first time in the history of the tournament that's been the same two finalists two years in a row. Which just, you know, sets it up even more nicely. And the fact that the last two have been in France, an away game in an empty stadium and then an away game in a supposedly neutral stadium. But it was really like Stade Marcel de Flandre multiplied by two. So there's no excuses this time because they're in the Viva. Um, and uh, it's just, you couldn't set it up better. They, they look a better team, Leinster. La Rochelle, though, are probably the template of the side that you would think might discommode Leinster the most. I watched last year's final again during the week, Joe. And I was surprised to remind me that Leinster actually seemed a little bit rattled by that line speed and defence particularly. And they do shoot up as a four all the time. And they go after every breakdown, whether it's Will Skelton and Antonio using their 150 or 140 kg of muscle to counter Ruck, or it's Pierre Bougarit who's as hard as a table, and all the other poachers like Levani Botti and others they have in their team and Dante. So, and they've added UJ Sateni and they've added... Um, Hastoid out half who probably is an upgrade on IOS even though the IOS played very well in the last two meetings and of course they didn't have Tuero Carabarlo in the final last year and he scored five tries in the knockout stages so from a position where you're looking at La Rochelle not being as good this season through the pool stages maybe and the quarter final certainly that semi-final performance whoa yes they're here (laughs) Mm. Matt you were there last year at the final Mm. in Marseille what's your strongest memory of the La Rochelle performance? 
Uh, Jerry summed it up very well, but I think the the stat that I keep throwing up that's just still mind-boggling is is Ranagara's tactics forced Leinster to make 288 tackles while his own side only made 88. Uh, I bumped Sean Edwards on the sideline um, just before kickoff, and uh, Sean said to me, what, what, what do you think? I said, oh, you know, Leinster are the form team. I think they'll do it. And he just smiled. He said, I think they've got a plan. And that plan was to hold the ball. Now, you saw France try and do the same thing against Ireland at the Aviva. That was like there was only five scrums in that game. The lineouts were down. It was just phenomenal. And I've got to say, I think Munster went to school on that. Munster forced Lens to do a lot of tackles last week uh, and held the ball for considerable periods of time. So the, the theory is, if you know, you don't have to worry about Leinster's attack, which is phenomenal, if they don't have the ball. It's a pretty simple theory, but, geez, it worked. However, they're all close-run things. There's a couple of points, Joe, on, on, on what you just asked me. It was – Jerry remembers this because we, we were upstairs and had a cup of tea together there with the other journos there. It was stinking hot. It was a really hot day in, Mar- in Marseille. Sun was booting down. The crowd was phenomenal, but it was 70 to 80%. La Rochelle, the noise was staggering. And I also think that La Rochelle took Leinster on, surprisingly in the fringes, and Leinster made some mistakes. Now, I think this game is, is too close to call. I think La Rochelle are, are just the ultimate team in Europe at the moment because Ronan has got his timing right. They are peaking at the right time. They are going to be a very hard nut to crack. But it was all stacked in there, or much of it stacked in Lara Shell's favour last year, and that's coming to Dublin. That's not the case. But I do think Lara Shell are going to walk onto the Aviva as favourites. It was very interesting, Jerry, listening to Ron Nogara's press conference yesterday and reading the quotes from it. So there was an element amongst the French media of Leinster are great. How do you stop them? <clears throat> and O'Cara at a certain point flipped it and said, "How do we stop them? How do they stop us?" And the quote was, we know the opponent, the stadium and the atmosphere will not be favourable to us, but bring it on. The players are better and the group is better than last year. You seem to agree with that sentiment. La Rochelle better than last year. Yeah, I think they have a better group. Yeah, I do. I think you saw in that semi-final when Hastoy put the chip over for um, one of the tries and brilliantly finished um, that I think he's just got a little bit more to his game. Certainly going forward, I think he's a very good player. I'm not so sure if he's put on the back foot, he'll be as good. He looked brilliant in that first half against Ulster. We hardly saw him in the second half. Um, He's generally in the extended squad for the Six Nations for France. Didn't quite make a match day, but he's there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good player. And I remember talking to French journalists at the start of the season. They said he's the third best out half in France, just after Entomac and Jalabert. It's just hard to get in about either of them. And no doubt he's learning from the master and Rog as well. Carbarlo um, back. Carbarlo's huge and he's just playing brilliantly. He's just playing as well as ever. Like, he just sniffs out space. He just seems to have an innate understanding of where the space is. So he's a real danger. Again, hard, tough. Seems to take incredible care of himself. His body's in some great nick, as Ogar was saying after that semi final, the ultimate pro. And wasn't there, although Bergeon had a very good game in the final. If you remember, key moment chased down Johnny Sexton, which led to the mall try. But I think that's an improvement as well. And I also think Uje Sutany, I think is how you pronounce it, Sutany. At centre. Um, he's the Aussie-born, who I think plays for Samoa, and they signed him um, last summer. And some of his passing range and skills are just off the charts. He's added another dimension from midfield. So they've loads of options. Teddy Thomas arrived too, and he might not even make the, the 15. Well, it's funny. 
Raymond Rule, every time I watch him, I think yes, this guy's so, so good. Un- underrated. And Dylan Lades as well in the final Man last the year. Match. The ability to free his hands and tackle. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's like a Hansen or a Lowe in that he roves around the pitch and he's given that licence to roam. So they have a very, as well as having a brilliant defence, they have a very potent attacking game. Like Skelton and Antonio and the boys truck it up. And if they get over the game line, that has the effect of concertini and defence. And then they've got the real X factor, pace, football ability out wide. Mm. A lot of polish in Bryce Doolan. Bryce Doolan. Um, so yeah, I think they're an upgrade on last year. And I think I agree with Matt. I think they're they're coming right at good at the right stage of the season, and they've made their intentions very clear by pretty much resting everybody last weekend, bar Jonathan Dante, uh, in the starting lineup because he needed minutes. Yeah. And he decided to take trim ten of those off by get the yellow card, and uh, Lamani Botti on the bench as well on the way back. So they they don't barely have an injury, and uh, they're playing superbly. Like they they have a potent scrum, potent maul. There's they're one of these very complete sides. Stuart Lancaster was talking about them during on Monday. Our last audience with Stuart, boy, are we going to miss him? Yeah. It's always an education, but it's just very rare you come across a side from one to 23 twenty three are so good on both sides of the ball. Well, I have his quotes, and to extend the point, Matt, I'll put it to you then. So this was Lancaster talking about La Rochelle, and I didn't for a minute, by the way, think he was playing any kind of game here. He was just giving an honest assessment of La Rochelle. So he said, defensively, very strong. Aggressive line speed, competitive at the breakdown. In attack, they have the capacity because of the size of the forwards to play a tight game. They also have a game where they can go wide because they have power and pace in the back line. They're a very complete team, really well organised, both sides of the ball. Teams generally tend to be strong on one side or the other. They are strong on both sides of the ball. So it just tallies with everything that you're saying. This is the real deal. This team is the real deal. Yeah, it's not an exaggeration. I think he's I think he's understated it. Their their best attacking record in the top fourteen, best defensive record in the top fourteen, best differential. Two, well, I didn't check after last week. Before last week was two hundred and one. They lost to Montpellier, but as as Jerry pointed out, they left most of their team behind, except Jonathan Donny, who needed measures. So he's going to start, and he hasn't started for them for some time. So there's another great player coming back into their organisation for the final. They are an exceptionally good side. I, I would go further than that. I think they're the best team, best club side in the world at the breakdown because they have two aspects of the game, which is the poaching on the ball. Aldred is a genius um, and he's getting his hands on the ball. So is Bougueray getting his hand on the ball. But they also use Skelton and Dante to power into those rucks to sometimes counter ruck and knock you off the ball or to slow the ball down. So Leinster... Leinster want to play a high-tempo game where they get the ball at a really rapid pace out of rucks, you know, massive percentage of the game under 1.5 seconds. Even if they get the ball, Lara Shaw can slow them down. And if they slow that ball down, unless their defence get organised. And this is what I think – I'm going to crystal ball a bit for here, but what, what Stuart just said and the, all the facts that we're just throwing out there, this is a great side – I would not be surprised to see Leinster revert to a kicking game early on. I would not be surprised to see Leinster turn them around, channel a bit of Joe Schmidt up and say, let's win an aerial game. Let's give them what they don't want. And I would would absolutely endorse that early on for this team. They have to get them out of the game, get the crowd into the game, get the Leinster crowd into the game and get doubt in their minds. And that's not going to be easy. That is not going to be easy. Here's one last thing on that, Joe. Last year, Lara Shell's win was phenomenal because the draw didn't favour them as in where the top 14 was, and it favoured Leinster. It's opposite this time. They rested last week. They have their sights firmly on a double. Now they're going to finish in the top two. They've got to know they've got another week off. They can lose next week in the top 14 and still make the top two. 
So this team is really focused just on this game. They're not so much worried about France. They've got almost another three weeks till they've got to worry about the French thing. So that, that is a really dangerous, dangerous beast that Leinster are up against. And they're going to have to think exceptionally carefully about their tactics because as much as I – as it was close. Like, remember, let's not forget, you, you rattled off the scores, Joe, 21-23 and 24-21 in the preceding two fixtures in the semi and the final. It was only a minute and a half. You know, Leinster led for 78 and a half minutes. So there's not much between these sides. But we've got to say, Agara got his tactics absolutely spot on last time. Yes. And it, it took to the 78th minute, but they were spot on. So Leinster have to rethink, and I'm sure they have, yes. rethought how they approach this. And that's what's so interesting. I think you may have answered my next question. Um, actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah that, this is how good you are. You're in my head. Um, <laughs> I've been working with you too long. <laughs> so I'll put it to you, Jerry. And given that you watched the game recently, it'll be fresh in your mind. I haven't watched the game since it happened. I saw Dan Levy talking this week. He was out doing media. Mm. and I think he's in studio uh, tomorrow with Nathan. And so he was saying you have to use their size against them of La Rochelle. And for me, that echoed of Robin McBride in 2021 when he talked about ball and play time. Mm -hmm. and we're going to take them to a place they're not used to going, ball and play time, 45, 46 minutes. So what Levy said, Dan Levy said this week was, and I guess this is an insight into the Leinster mindset given he was there, mm -hmm. Uh, you just need to keep pounding the rock. Keep the ball in play. 20 phases. If you run 20 phases against a big team like La Rochelle, it'll be tough for them. So two thoughts on that. One, this idea that La Rochelle will struggle for fitness, that's in the Leinster mindset, is now highly questionable. If they're clinging to that one, you can address that point. That's questionable. And two, and this is where Matt was coming from, taking La Rochelle through the 20 phases it's almost impossible. La Rochelle, yeah. they don't let you. They stopped Leicester yeah, at source. They don't let you. And having listened to yeah. O'Gara, he, you know, if you listen very carefully to him across the weeks and, and mm. the years, it's very obvious he is of the opinion if you stop Leinster at source, and that tallies to your point, shooting out of defence, ferocious at the breakdown, as Matt says, you stop them at source, then suddenly it's a much easier game. Uh, so, like, the notion that Leinster are going to take La Rochelle through 20 phases does not feel likely. And secondly, I, I I don't see this lack of fitness in La Rochelle, big and all as they are. No, and certainly watching the final again last year would support the theory that La Rochelle are not lacking in fitness at all because of the way they finished the game so strongly. They have a powerful bench, even more powerful than last season. And if I remember rightly, O'Gara even said after the final last year, they, they their plan all along was to stay in the game for the hour because they thought they'd win it in the last 20. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, he did. So I just... I. Lenser may have that theory but I think La Rochelle have the same theory but the other way around and uh, and I it's just so hard to build 20 I don't see anybody building 20 phase against La Rochelle in that yeah. defence the way they shoot up and they tack the ball they're prepared to give away penalties they, they, gave, they gave away a lot of penalties in the final last year and they're quite clever where they give them away they seem to give them away right dead in front of the post so there's no real option to go to the corner you remember that stream of consciousness that Johnny had after the final after taking six shots at goal all six had to be taken because nearly all six were about 15 to 35 metres out dead straight in front of the post and it was to maybe go two scores ahead or to go one point ahead or to just whatever it just made sense okay. the irony is the one that possibly they might regret the most was after the shift in momentum with those two lucky bounces of the ball that went La Rochelle's way and off Jimmy O'Brien over the dead ball line and then there was a goal meter drop out and then Bristol goes for drop out and the ball bounces back into Johnny when it should have just 
bounced dead for 22 metre drop out and then Burjan charges up nails him Gibson Park's done for a ceiling and La Rochelle go to the corner and the mall powers over try suddenly it's a one point game the crowd at that end of the pitch as well Matt they were all at that end of the pitch that La Rochelle were talking at and it was quite steep and they were very I think it even got to Wayne Barnes the penalty count was 5-0 in the last 15 minutes you can guess who the five penalties went to and there was a few advantages coming their way as well so like I think that the one just after they go after it's eighteen seventeen, Laveau gives Leinster a lifeline with a silly trip on Gibson Park. It's a yellow card, and so it's to the left, very much more to the left of the touchline. And James Ryan Rossburn decided to go for goal to go four points up instead of one. That was probably the one that they could have gone to the corner and tried to go two scores ahead because they never had a chance at the sighting of the La Rochelle line again as it transpired. So, like, listening to Matt there, looking at that final again, listening to your questions, there don't seem to be any obvious chinks in La Rochelle's armour and Leinster are a very smart side. They're smart players, smart think tank. They'll have studied last year's final to bits, I'm sure. They'll have learnt lessons again from last Saturday, so heightening the pressure might even be a good thing. So I'd be intrigued as to how they go about it because like Matt, I was surprised by how often Matt Leinster played between the two 10-metre lines watching last year's final. They played an awful lot of rugby in that transition zone and um, I I think they will kick more. But then again, if they want to take them to 25th, they've got to somehow find a balance right. And I'm sure they also, the other thing as well, I think this crowd, it is a home crowd and that wasn't a away crowd last season, no doubt about it in the final. This will be a home crowd. Leinster fans can be a little bit more reactive and quiet than proactive and noisy. If they're ever going to be proactive and noisy, if there's a lot of blue there, you'd imagine it's going to be this Saturday because they understand the huge importance of this game. In It's like it's a defining almost the last decade. Mm. It's a huge, huge game in Leinster's history in the professional era. Um, and it's one they desperately want to win for so many reasons. To prove that you know, La Rochelle aren't their bugbearers. To get that fifth star most of all and draw level with Toulouse. And whereas the consequences of them losing would be, oh, well, you can go 20-odd games unbeaten every season. It doesn't really matter if you're not going to win finals. It'll almost seem like a failure, which is ridiculous. But that's such a their whole high standard and high aspirations. So it'd be fascinating to see how they go about it, that balance between kicking and a running game. But I would have thought they can't play too much rugby in their own half. Not with all the threats that La Rochelle have over the ball. But if they could get an explosive start, that's the point I was going to make. Yes. If they could get an explosive, which is not uncommon for Leinster and not uncommon for La Rochelle. And yeah, that's there's other factors as well, of course. Bounce a ball, referee, we have yes. to come to that. And no Johnny Sexton, Ross Byrne there now. There's loads of other things. So Matt, to round off this section of the conversation, when you talked about Leinster kicking, maybe you had answered the points I put to Jerry. Uh, to, to, to round it off fully though, at the breakdown, like can Leinster compete in a real way or are they just going to struggle against La Rochelle at the breakdown? La Rochelle are just that good and they have to, Leinster that is, have to factor that into their game plan almost. Yeah, I think Shawnee O'Brien, who's a breakdown coach for Leinster, is the most important <clears throat> guy on staff this week. Um, I, I, I just agree with Jerry. Like 20 phases against La Rochelle is a myth. Like it's, you know, yeah. believe in the tooth fairy. You're not going to get there because the, the La Rochelle base their, their whole thing on why the defensive record is so good? Because teams can't attack against them. Because they keep getting turned over at the breakdown. La Rochelle in the top fourteen do it time and time again. They're just Aldrin and and is just incredible. So so is uh, Botia. They are they are some of the best. I think they're the best in the world. I think they're better than anyone in the south. And, as and, well. there's, and there's no way in in your eye it sounds like you think it would be near impossible for us to come away from this game on Saturday evening and say, "Geez, Leinster did a number on La Rochelle at the breakdown." No, I, I don't think you can ever do a number on them. 
I think if you get parity, you're going well. And I think you need – Jerry touched on the referee. Ronan sent me an extremely dirty text message last year when I said I thought they got away with a bit of the breakdown. I can't tell you what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say James I thought, Tracy got one more recently, but uh, go yeah, on. thought about me, but – um, I, I do think that, you know, that's how close it was. That last minute, Michael Al Alatoa. Oh, Matty, I watched it six times. I replayed it six. There's four seconds between him getting to his feet and him getting, Ross Maloney getting whistled for not moving away in time. He never affected the ball whatsoever. Yeah. It was a disgraceful decision. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. That was the one where Ryan didn't talk to me for three months. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> it took him till summer, you know. How are you, mate? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I gave him all this praise and said I thought he was a bit lucky with that one. So he's, he, I've got to be careful with him. But he, like he's done, Ryan has just done an unbelievable job with the breakdown. So you, you, I don't think you are going to get ever do a number on. You're going to get parity. If you can get parity, you've got a shot. Yeah. Yeah, the, and the that, other, that makes it very scary to bring the ball into contact, though. No, it does, and that's what I'm talking about—a kicking game. Yeah, and and the other part that Jerry said, I, I this is where you've got to think out of the box with this this team. They, they are a complete team. They scare me. They're the only, see the two best sides in Europe, in my opinion, made the final. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that this season. And I think if La Rochelle gets through this, they they've got a good shot doing the double. The only team that can knock them off is Toulouse. And Toulouse aren't at their best this year, right? So let's let's just put that to one side. But if you just take your shots at goal, because I was thinking, exact, I was at the ground, I'm going, take the shot, good boy, take the shot, mm-hmm. good boy. And about a 50 minute mark goes, boys, we need to score a try. <laughs> we need to get two. We need to get two two scores clear. And it comes to Ross, comes on, I go, take the points. And I'm going, oh, should he take the points? And he put it over the black dot. Yeah, okay, great job. But they're going to have to deny some points at goal and go to the corner and take these guys on in a mall. And then they're going to have to hope for a sin bin. They're going to have to give them everything but the kitchen sink. But if they just go out and play the way they did against the Sharks or all these other guys, they'll lose. And that breaks my heart to say that. But I, I, they so, Matt, if they do what? Like they did against the Sharks, they lose? If Leinster just come out and play, Leinster play this superior running game that gets them through the whole season with these incredible wins. If they just play the same tactics completely, Against La Rochelle, I don't think they'll win. I might be wrong. I hope I am, but I think they're going to need a variation in what they they usually do to to absolutely flummox La Rochelle, to put them on the back foot, to bring the crowd into the game, to get some confidence, to get their body language going and put doubt in La Rochelle's mind. If they do what they've always done, I think La Rochelle can counter that. This is such an enjoyable game to talk about. We have to take a short break. Uh, rugby and off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Matt Williams, Jerry Thornley staying with us. Back in just one second. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. You're welcome back. Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times here in studio. Matt Williams, who also features in those uh, pages and has uh, plenty more besides going on, is with us as well. Just to uh, pick up on the point Matt was making before the ad break. So say um, we come but to... there being con- no tooth fairy. <laughs> I was very disappointed. We, we come to the conclusion, uh, and Leinster come to the conclusion, uh, that they will have to kick to corners and maybe try and mm. uh, maul their way to victory here. So it, was Jason Jenkins bought to start on days like this or will he come off the bench given Ross Maloney's form Leinster's uh, team selection issues Jerry. what are they James Lowe's back 
James O'Dell back and plays definitely because his left foot is such an important weapon as is his game breaking his abilities as is his ridiculous try scoring is it 50 tries in 71 games something like that for Leinster it's off the charts I will bow to your knowledge of the numbers well yeah um, um, yeah he definitely comes back in I presume Gary Ringrose and, Ro- and Robbie Hench who by the way played brilliantly last Saturday Robbie's playing savagely well that's really encouraging um, doesn't need any lead in time does he to play well no no, just and he's just so brilliant on both sides of the ball. He's become a real animal, has a real physical presence, about, they, are, as well as quality, like that offload for Jenkins. Those two have the edge at centre, don't they? Oh, depends who they pick. They could pick Bottier, Zateni, they could pick Rule, they could pick, I don't know, like okay. Rogers' options there. I wouldn't be. Okay. Um, and then I presume Jimmy O'Brien plays, Hugo Keenan plays, Ross Byrne, James Gibson Bark comes back in, the front row boys come back in. I presume it'll be James Ryan and Ross Maloney. Ross Maloney seems to be a very important cog in the whole line-out and how it operates um, with Jenkins for impact for the last 20 or 30 minutes. I presume that's the way they're going to go. I know he started the season Brindley Jenkins and became a real destroyer at the line-out malls, um, particularly defensively. Um, but it just seems to me that, you know, since his injury mid-season, that Ross Maloney cemented, Jenkins' injury, Ross Maloney cemented his place. And you don't think, like, the thought of Will Skelton... Uh, oh, I'm sure it'll enter their minds. They might well do. They might go Jenkins. They might do. They might do. Um, and then their go-to back row generally has been always when everybody's fit has generally been Jack Conan eight, Josh at seven, and Caelan Doris at six. Even though, as we know, Caelan Doris is usually man of the match at eight, and very, very rarely is at six because yeah. he just doesn't get his hands on the ball quite as much. Um, with Brian Baird as an option on the bench so they could start Baird they could leave Cole on the bench as well they could start Jenkins but I, if you ask me what I think they'll do that's what I think they'll do mm. Matt curious for your thoughts on all that yeah 100% with Jerry 100% except I, I do think Roger will pick uh, Jonathan Dante at 12 oh sorry Dante as well and Satani maybe yeah I do I think and that'll Rule, be the and Rule and Leds on the wings no Teddy yeah. Thomas maybe on the bench yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Teddy Thomas might, might never make the 23. 23 and then Botty in the back row most probably with yeah. Aldred and maybe yeah. Alton Delan what a story he's had yeah. play your body will definitely start at 7 the last I, I just watched them play their last big game which was uh, two weeks ago against Toulon away yeah Toulon away yeah. at the Velodrome again yeah and uh, that was certainly – and Dante was running the water. He was, still wasn't fit. That's why he had to uh-huh. had to play. I think that's the team that they'll uh, – uh, that was Roger's sort of dress rehearsal for that. And I, I think that would be, uh, be the side that puts out. I think Leinster have them from outside centre out uh, in, a, in, a, in a manner, in a manner. But w- w- what, Jerry, what you're saying, that rushing defence stops Leinster's set play attack, which is what they love. And they will try to nut to cut that out. They won't let the second pass in. So the ball get to burn and he might get a pass away. They'll try and say that's the last pass you get away. So that nullifies Leinster's set play advantage because they've always got some beautiful set play. Now, they might take them on at the tail of the line out. Remember what we saw against uh, – we, 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 we saw a lot of those plays where the, the, the hooker, the Irish hooker or the Leinster hooker goes through at the tail. They might take them on there. Mm-hmm. But the backs doing their set plays is going to be really tough with the with the line speed they have. It's extraordinary line speed, but they do. So every 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 defence gives you space somewhere. The space behind this side is huge. So the kicking game, the short kicking game from Leinster, is going to be paramount because again, it doesn't have to be bombs. And I'm not talking about box kicks as a kicking mm-hmm. game. I'm talking about let's Chips let's. And Yep, grubber, let's get him behind him, let's mm-hmm. turn him around, let's put him under pressure, put him where they don't want to be. 
And that's something that I think Leinster are going to have to – I think they will consider. I'll be, I'll be really surprised if we don't see some uh, considerable short-kicking game from Leinster in the first 20, 25 minutes. So that, that brings in Gibson Park and Byrne in a very big way, Matt. They have to have big days with the boot. Yeah, in everything. You know, big day for Rossi Byrne. Hope he has a blinder. Really do. Hope the young man proves himself again. But they're up against two good ones. Uh, what Jerry said about Kerbalo is is accurate. Uh, I think he's been playing superb. And Horstoy, I think, is, is a much better kicker off the tee than uh, Isaiah West, even though West kicked well in the final last yeah. year. And the semi-final the year before. Do you remember? He didn't miss. He didn't miss. His, his average for the year was only 78. Mm. And Horstoy's above that. He played – played. Um, I saw him, first saw him play for France in Australia. He went on that tour a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. uh, when Fabian Galtier left. Every, like, he's starting 20 – players behind and he started a lot of the matches and played really well he has been exceptionally good in his short kicking game for uh, Lara yeah. Shores he's a quality yeah. quality quality player so uh, sorry sorry mate just just to finish no take get, your time take your time take your time you, you just go through this it's and and the 21-23 is and the 24-21 it just tells you everything there's nothing between these sides this is a better Lara Shell than last year but I, can, I guarantee you this, and I can't guarantee many things about this game, Leinster are absolutely filthy about what happened last year. They, and I don't say they don't care about what happened in the US, I don't mean that at all, but this means the universe to that, that group of players and the club because they were, they were devastated and angry and humiliated. I've never seen a group of, I have never seen a group of players so distraught after a losing final, and I've seen some tough ones. They were. They are going to put everything heart and soul into this. Now, here's the other thing we should remember: that is the guts of a Grand Slam winning side, Leinster. So champions get up when they can't. I know it's a cliche, but right now I have Lara Shell in front of Leinster in every metric in my brain, and I'm looking at and my vision. But I still think Leinster are right in this up to their gills. I still think Leinster have something coming, especially being at the Aviva. And after all the pain they've had in the last couple of years, pain is a great motivator of rugby players. Yeah. And this group of collective pain, they need, the only way, the only way they'll ever get rid of that is on Saturday to win. It sounds like you both, if this was in France again, even at a neutral venue, would be really looking at La Rochelle and mm-hmm. saying this is doubly difficult. Aviva factor you both mentioned. Yep. How many points is that worth to Leinster? All I know is that last year I think it was a major factor in getting um, La Rochelle over the line. The home crowd, particularly in that end of the ground that they were attacking, it was like Liverpool attacking the cop, you know, the cop sucking the ball into the net. It was like the, that crowd just willed to try. It was going to happen. You just felt it was almost almost inevitable. And particularly the way Wayne Barnes, I think, got swept up in it a little bit as well with that decision we spoke about earlier and not giving Al Alatoa the turnover penalty when in other occasions he might well have done but just because of the they're human as well referees um, and then as well going to what Matt said don't, don't forget La Rochelle were looking to atone for a beaten final the year before they suffered that pain in Twickenham mm-hmm. when um, when Lavani Bottia got a first half red card and even then they were right in the game right up to the end and, but for Entomac who'd had a stinker finally having one moment of magic won the final so if it wasn't for that Bottia red card 
La Rochelle then be going for three in a row. Toulon-esque, yeah. Yeah, Toulon-esque, exactly. Well put, Joe. And yet Leinster are seven-point favourites with the bookies. Are they? Yeah, seven-point favourites with the bookies. Well, they were earlier in the week. I haven't looked since, and I like a, p- a bet, but I wouldn't be exactly putting my mortgage on that now. At seven points, certainly. I, t- I think Leinster and everybody was of a blue persuasion would take a one-point win. And therein is where the Aviva might well be a big factor. So you've got A, revenge, and the pain of last year. That's always a powerful spur, both pain and revenge. Mm. Very often a golden rule of thumb is just back to beaten finalists the year before if they go again the next season because it's such a powerful spur and it feels like it was only last month not last year and it's just been so on, t- on top of their agenda all season Lana Tony for that final. Plus if it's a one score game moving into the last 10-15 minutes like it was last year in Marseille then the Aviva factor and the, the Leinster fans become even more of a factor. Mm. So I would think it, it it has to be a factor. I don't know how many points. It might be worth a score. I definitely think it might have been worth a score to La Rochelle last year. And between two incre- incredibly evenly matched sides, that could be, you know, could, could be different. But then, like, I, I listened to Matt just very quickly. But listen to Matt. Up, oh, Leinster's launch plays have been better this season, Matt. You know what I mean? They, they, they have been better. And Ross Byrne pulls the trigger brilliantly on them. The timing of them. He's taken the ball to the line a lot more in the last two years. It's amazing how seldom we are now mentioning Johnny Sexton. That's my next question. There. My really? Ne- well, I was going to say, if this, if, if this was the equivalent, as in if this was a World Cup final for Ireland and Johnny Sexton was injured, yeah. the start, middle and almost ending of the conversation would be his absence. What yeah. does that mean? Yep. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, why we're less compelled to lead with that when it's Ross Simple. and Leinster? Do we feel he's more that like that slightly lower level than Test level is 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 he's able to cover it, or is it just we're more attuned to Johnny missing more Leinster games, or maybe it's actually a mistake in our part to not be really highlighting the the absence of Sexton here? I would point out that Ross Byrne has started every single match for Leinster in the Hamilton Champions Cup this year. Johnny's only played 18 minutes. They're not, to, with respect, they're not challenged enough, No, I know, you know, I know, I know. But like, they put away Leicester, they could only beat what they beat. They they yeah. put, they beat Toulouse brilliantly. But, but not because of Ross Byrne. Well, actually I thought Ross Byrne, if you remember Andy Dunn said on News Talk that Ross Byrne in that semi-final did everything that Johnny Sexton could have done mm. and maybe even more. That's how good he thought Ross Byrne's performance was, Andy Dunn. Mm. And if you look at how well he played and increasingly, like I said, taking the ball flat to the line, um, pulling the trigger at the right times, and also you can see in the huddles that he does more of the talking than yeah, James he's, Ryan. He's a leader, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that he has the respect of his teammates, yeah. that he runs the show during the week, he runs the show on match day. And the other thing about Ross, I know him a little bit, he's 27 now, he's got a lot of caps, over 150 under his belt for Leinster. Boy, wasn't he right to stay and let Joey Carberry move on those yeah. years ago. And he's, he's just a more confident player now as well. Mm. And this is why this game is so layered, because... There's going to be a post-Johnny Sexton era that's already now happened for Leinster and could, may already even have happened for Ireland. Who knows if Johnny Sexton is going to come back for the World Cup. Fingers crossed he does because he's just a world-class leader and player. But either way, at some point during the World Cup or certainly immediately afterwards, there will be a post-Sexton era. And if Ross Byrne can deliver a Heineken Champions Cup this week for Leinster... That's good news for Ireland's World Cup. It's good news for Ireland in the future. And even better news if Jack Crowley can back it up a week later by guiding Munster to a URC title. Matt, your thoughts on that dynamic? The extent to which Sexton's absence doesn't loom as large ahead of Leinster games? Johnny who? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, look, you just... It's, it's, a re- it's a really difficult conversation because no one 
is ever going to measure up to Sexton. Mm. Whoever comes next, like it's like who came in after George Grugan, who comes in after Stephen Larkham, who comes in, and this this is where we were fortunate in Ireland after Ronan Agara, who is the best ten we've had since Jackie Cole, Sexton, and he overlapped. Now that just doesn't it hasn't happened in a lot of other countries. Certainly hasn't happened in Australia since since uh, um, the the, the two thousand with uh, Larkham and Grugan. So we, we've been blessed. But I do think in that process, Ross Byrne um, has been maligned far too much. Ross is never going to be as good as Sexton, but no one else is either. Exactly. And one other thing, Matt, his goal kicking is world class. Truly world class goal kicker. He has been extremely competent since he's taken control. And Mm. I mean competent. Now, here's the other part. Quite often... Um, you know, Sexton was just brilliant. So let's forget that. But what, what Ross has done really well, he's brought other players into the game. As you say, Jerry, his passing game has been superb. His kicking off the two has been superb. His leadership has lifted up. And his in, I can see the intensity of his self-belief ha- has really jumped. I know Joe and I were speaking about this during the Six Nations when we were watching on, on television. I think it was the Italian game yeah. where he took control there. Great kicker but, from hand as well, Matt. You were talking yeah, about yeah, that being a factor. Yeah. The kick you know, he's not going to... He's not going to be and, – and, Jerry, my point was not that Ross couldn't get the back line going. I didn't mean that at all. I think that their starter players have been very, very good. What I meant was oh, – I know Lara, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marshall's pace is so strong. Yeah, but, yeah. But the, the, I think it's the other thing. It tells you about Leinster um, and Leo, next man up. Okay, we lose Sexton. Who's up? I believe in you. Have a go. Now, he did it last weekend, and it didn't work by three minutes in an unbelievable setup uh, drive by Munster and great – Great drop goal. Brilliant. They deserved it. Leo, Leo will, and I, I give him huge credit for this, bringing that, all those guys through. Who's the next man up? I believe in you. Get in and do it. And and ex- they almost always never let their coach down. Mm. I thought Harry missed defensively was not as good as he needs to be. But I, I think Ross Byrne will guide this team around uh, in a very, very um, professional manner. And he is the head-to-head. Hastoy or Ross Byrne? And I take Ross Byrne. Okay. One uh, of the small yes. little tests, and you make a very good point. It is a diff- different kind of test than Toulouse or Leicester or any of the group games of that. No doubt about it. You could argue it's Ross Burns' biggest game of the season. He started one Six Nations game, but I think it was Italy and Rome, wasn't it? And he's, you know, probably his biggest start of the season, maybe even the biggest of his career. Particularly as he didn't have a very good semi final two years ago in La Rochelle when he deputised for Johnny. And if you, he came on for the last 20 minutes in the final last year, and there was an unfortunate knock on, and he was. It was all the traffic was coming towards, Le- so he didn't have a happy memory. He looked particularly glum at the end of it. Not the only one. You see, Caelan Doris talking to Sunday's last Sunday about feeling he left a big game behind him in the final last year. So I think there's going to be a lot of powerfully motivated players, and Ross Byrne is one of them. Yeah, I'd forgotten until that interview. Doris was taken off with 15 minutes to go. I mm. dare say that's not going to happen this year. No. So it shows where his head was at. Uh, this is a near impossible question for you to answer, Matt, because you're not on the inside here, but. It behoves us to touch on the psychology of this whole final for Leinster on a few fronts. Uh, so this is the end of the Lancaster Sexton era. And again, I don't know if they're talking about that openly. I don't know if they're having presentations and emotional team meetings about this and saying we've got to do it for these guys or maybe they're parking it. And then the other aspect, and Jerry alluded to it, is all their eggs are in this basket. There's a huge amount of pressure on them. And um, 
I don't know if revenge is being talked about or not. So again, they may have parked last year and you forget about it or they may well have it up on the wall that, you know, these you-know-whats have beaten us two years in a row and they're obsessing about it. So it's impossible for you to tell me how they're handling all of those aspects, but they're there and they have to be handled one way or another. Um, and I don't know what the question uh, for you to answer is, but I think we should note that like there's a lot going on here emotionally for Leinster this week. Massive Huge amount, amount, massive amount, Joe. And, and knowing Leo um, and, the, and the type of man he is, it would be nothing about the staff and it would be nothing about Sexton. It's not, a, not about the individuals, it's about the club, about the team. Team is above everything. So that won't, that won't be mentioned. Everyone knows that, that won't be mentioned. The only thing that may get mentioned is, you know, if we win, we do the right thing by their work. That might, but I don't even think that'll get mentioned. That's just in the background. I actually think there's an advantage. I, you, your question, opening question to me, Joe, caught me out a bit. I was thinking, what was it like on the sideline last year? It was a great experience to be there. Uh, it's quite surreal. But the Leinster players were absolutely nervous because they were red-hot favourites. They were red-hot favourites to win. La Rochelle, who is this? Rain Agara, bringing them through. Who's this club? They were in Pro Dur a couple of years ago. And they played nervous. Uh, Hugo Coonan is the only bad game I saw, I've seen Hugo Coonan mm. play. He was out of position and he let that first try in and he knew it. it was right in front of me, five metres from running. And Hugo got up and was smacking his, his hands on his legs and shaking his head. He, he was out of position and he knew it. And Hugo Kern after the game was, was crying, right, as were most of the players. I think that's changed. This La Rochelle are no longer the new kid on the block. This is, you said, three years in a row. These are a great club. There's huge resources pumped into this club, a lot of money, Great president's been with them 20 years. It's a great story. And Roman is a sensational coach that's done a great job with them. And they're making the top of the of, of the top, uh, reaching the top of the top 14 year after year. This is not some flash in the pan, gee whiz, where did these kids come from? They were pro de a decade ago, weren't they? Yeah, mate. When I was coaching in, in, <laughs> in I, I coached against uh, La Rochelle 10 years ago when I, I helped uh, Narbonne in the pro de Yeah. And Botia and Antonio were with them in the, in the second division. That's amazing. Amazing story. Um, so the but, favorite, the favorites tag isn't as heavy. No, mate, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. Now here it is. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. I think all the pressure is on La Rochelle because Leinster. They've beaten Leinster twice. They should beat them again. This is third in a row. They know they should do it. They've been the dominant team. They've got the wood on this side. I think Leinster are going to come out here with complete anger. And Joe, if you don't think that revenge is a great motivator, look at. Munster's reaction last weekend against Leinster. Every player is a competitor. They are highly competitive human beings, and as a collective, they're highly competitive. They want to come out and jam it down the throat of the team that smashed them last year. There is no two ways about that. That will be front and centre yes. of, of part of the motivation, for sure. Matt, Matt's right, because I asked Andrew Porter this on Monday. Like, have you mentioned Lancaster and Johnny leaving? This be a fitting way to send them off to the sunset. And I hope my daily colleagues don't mind me saying revealing this because it's in the papers tomorrow with the tomorrow deadline. But he, he said, and like you'd expect, there is no need to mention that stuff. It, yeah. They already know it. <laughs> they know Johnny's riding off. The, they know Stuart Lancaster is leaving. The dogs in the street know it. They sure know it. So they don't need to mention that. I would imagine there must have been some s- snippets of last year's final in the in the Monday review and what they've been doing during the week. But there is so much to concentrate on in terms of getting their performance right collectively and individually that they don't need that extra emotional baggage. And they certainly don't need to bring up too far in advance the final because they're going to be, as, they, as Matt says, they're going to be so powerfully motivated by this desire but I slightly disagree with you, Matt, in one respect, in that 
I, sorry, I agree with you 100% in watching again last year. They actually looked quite anxious, Leinster. Well, it's, maybe it's with the benefit of hindsight because you know they lose. But they looked fret, fretful on their faces. They just looked, yeah. there was a certain anxiety in their and, performance. And why are they not deeply anxious, if not more so, with all their eggs in this basket? Well, Saturday? that's what I was about to say. Ah, okay. Sometimes the information comes at the end of the sentence, Joe. Well, I'm, just, I'm too hyped <laughs> up here. I'm ready to go. No, that's what I was going to say then as well. I do think that last Saturday's defeat to Munster and suddenly, not that the URC would have been a complete panacea for all their ails a week after losing the Heineken Cup final again it wouldn't have been no doubt this was the one they've always wanted and that's why Leo made the selections he made last weekend and he was right to do so because if he played 3-4-5 the frontliners and they got injured everybody said Leo what are you doing yeah. it's the, one, the European Cup is the one that matters and that's the one they've always wanted more so now it's just a case of well okay it's just clarified and you know, distilled it's, it it's funny I would tend to agree with Jerry Matt I, I think all the pressure's on Leinster here La Rochelle don't win they've still done a remarkable three years oh, that was the other thing I was going to say very quickly Matt and in stark contrast to Leinster last year La Rochelle just looked so relaxed during the game even the way they celebrated the first try and everything they just seemed like they were enjoying the day enjoying the ride and I think they'll come in with the same kind of mentality Well there's, one, there's two two parts to that um, La Rochelle are away they've got to get on a, they've got to come fly stay in Dublin you know it's a different environment they, 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 they're not in France they're not surrounded by what they know they're in a very very different environment they, the Leinster boys are going to be sleeping in their own beds. They're going to have all the everything is, is normal. It's a completely different mindset to last year. They're going to walk into a sea of blue. They get everything's comfortable. They've won there in the past. They've half that size won a Grand Slam there. They've done their laps. They know what to do, mm. and they would have learnt from last year. I thought they took so much pressure on themselves. If you if you get Jerry, if you watch that first game again, think how many passes didn't get to hand. Mm-hmm. Think the, the the first try came from Leinster doing a pass out the back. From, from Todd Furlong, who hardly ever made a bad pass. He made three or four bad passes in that game that didn't hit their man. It was quite extraordinary. They were that nervous with the expectation that they should have won that game. And that's the game they should have won. That's, that's the one last year was the one they should have won. They know they blew it. But can you want something too much, Matt? That's what myself and Joe are saying. Like, they still want that. They want that fifth star even more now. <laughs> it's like, it's, um, and they've got. They know it's at home. When are they going to get a home final again? Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll again counter that. that. Can, yeah. Players, players, if you get caught up on wanting the star, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that, you'll lose because you're not on your process. You're not focusing on what's going to get us the star. Process gives you outcome, and I they know. were, they were, they were not on their process at that final last year. And you think of all the players we just mentioned who had bad games because they were thinking on the outcome. They were going to match to lose. He's had a yeah. chance to match to lose. And, and you know what? They didn't think about getting to get, let's beat this mob first. And, and that, that's the ultimate lesson I think to be process driven this week because they lost last year. No, yeah. agreed. But like their predicament is a curious one because they're, uh, they're so comfortable in their process for 99.9% of each season because they're better than the most. And then they get the punch in the face. And I think it does knock them out of their process. I think they, it's a colossal pressure that no other side in European rugby has to deal with whereby their entire season which is excellent throughout comes down to 180 minutes and when it starts not going to plan I think the you know what hits the fan because the uh, sense of impending doom is so great like La Rochelle of the compensation of top 14 English teams of the compensation of premiership for Leinster it's, it's deeply unfair exceptional all year counts for not a jot they are regarded as failures if they don't win this one game and so when things start to go awry I think that pressure knocks them out of their process. I think it's really unfair that they're regarded as failures for that, but you're right. The reality. And nobody will regard their season as a failure more than they themselves, most probably. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, there but we go. I do not, I do, uh, that, that is very common 
in the general public. I don't believe that's felt within the group. Okay. I don't believe. Do you not think you don't think they look back in the last three four years as like ugh. Oh, yeah, there's difference. There's a big difference between failure, looking at yourself as a failure and saying, God, I hate, I missed that game, for sure. But I don't that, think they'll think about themselves as failures, but I think, do think that they, if they don't win the final this year on top of last year, on top of 2019, on top of the semi-final, on top of a quarter-final home defeat to Sarans, that'd be five years of that one, one in the last 11 years, they are going to feel like it's an underachievement for all that they've done and come close. That's like, a fair word. Underachievement's a fair word. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd go with that. Uh, but let's get let's get the playing field even. How many? How many there's going to be twenty of the twenty three run out come from the local province. There's no other team in the world doing what Leinster nope, doing. There are some making there. finals mm-hmm. with twenty players of your twenty three mm-hmm. coming from your province. There's no one in Australia or New Zealand doing that. No, nope. certainly Lara Shell aren't doing. It. I'm not criticising Lara. Not Schell. even Crusaders are doing that, are they? Oh, no, no, they're not. We, have, we agree. That, it's an unfair characterisation, but yes. it's it characterisation nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're out of time and you have to go so same question to you both to finish up Jerry you can go first who wins why 20 seconds 30 seconds uh, Leinster because they learn the lessons they'll be smarter because they have a stronger bench because they're more good players are really in form um, they're at home if it all comes to crisis point the crowd will will them there there's a lot of other reasons but I remember Stuart Lancaster saying on Monday he, on Monday, he almost wishes he was a tennis coach because it's clear in black and white the ball either lands in or goes out or it hits the net or it doesn't in rugby yeah. does the bounce the ball and they got a couple of bad bounces last year and then the other thing we haven't mentioned like we mentioned Wayne Barnes last year's final Jacko Piper this season like it there's so much that are out of a coach's control and sometimes even out of a player's control but if you hold a gun to my head I'd say Leinster Okay, final word, Matt. Jerry, coaches are just very interested spectators once the whistle goes, mate. <laughs> That's all we are. <laughs> it's out of your control. Uh, everything Jerry just said, I totally concur with. There's a cigarette paper in it. Lara Shell should win this game. I think they are, they they will should win this game. I think Leinster will win it because of all the reasons you guys just said. Champions get up when they can't. There's a thousand reasons why this team won't win and uh, shouldn't win. And I just believe they will get up and they will win because they, everyone says they can't. Do you say Leinster will win? Are you saying Leinster will win? Leinster will win because they shouldn't and they can't. Champions get up when they can't. And I think this is a champion side. Yep. And I hope, I hope they get a chance to uh, prove it on, uh, on Saturday at home. Okay. Right. Beautifully set up, fellas. That was so good. Matt, thanks, Emil. Pleasure, guys. Great to talk to you as always. Yeah, Thank likewise. You. Jerry Thorny of the Irish Times. Thank you very much. Pleasure, Our as always. rugby coverage and off the ball. Thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.